0: Hi, welcome to episode 477 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and my New Year's resolutions are to eat less cheese, win a gold medal at the Olympics, and get my own reality show. Oh wait, who am I kidding? I can't eat less cheese. Today it's Fantastic Four Volume 3 Number 48, a.k.a. Fantastic Four 477 from December 2001. Worlds apart... By co-plotters Carlos Pacheco and Rafael Marin, scripter Jeff Loeb, and guest artist, once again, Jeff Johnson. Roma and her lady friend, Satarine, are meeting with Valeria and Franklin for a tea party, I don't know, maybe to come up with a way to defeat Abraxas. They can see in the screen in the middle of the room, uh, where Johnny and Nova, from an alternate reality, are flying around Galactus' ship. Roma says that it's her job to tend to the being known as Eternity. She's like some kind of cosmic babysitter. The kids have no idea what she's talking about. Roma explains that within the core of Eternity, Abraxas grew, and now they are at war with him, and he must be stopped. Valeria asks that if Abraxas had all eternity, why has he waited until now to make a move? Roma explains that Eternity created Galactus to keep Abraxas in check. Now that sounds like a massive retcon. And now that Galactus is dead in this reality, not really dead, Abraxas is taking advantage of the situation. They take a look in at Susan Richards to see what she's up to, And she's in uh, another alternate reality, where she's a medical doctor, and her father is still alive. And her brother, Johnny, shows up with a horrible hipster goatee and a hobo-looking submariner calling himself Mac. She lets them in, and Johnny says that they just need to be patched up and they'll leave. Papa Storm tells her to get them fixed up and out of there quick. He does not want them in his house for very long. Nice to see you too, Pop, Johnny sarcastically says. So it seems that Mac has been shot. And Sue uses her invisible powers to look inside his chest cavity. Once again, a very cool use of her powers. And she sees that the bullet missed... Uh, whatever. Missed him. He didn't get shot after all. Or maybe the bullet bounced off him. She uses her powers to make Mac's beard and most of his hair invisible. And she's on to him. She realizes who he is. And she asks if Mac is short for Mackenzie. And he says he doesn't know. Johnny just picked this guy up at a flop house in the Bowery. Sounds like something Ben would do. She asks Johnny to fetch a bowl of water, and once he has it, she tosses it in Mac's face, and the water rejuvenates the Submariner. I have the same reaction when I get a bowl of Zima tossed in my face, and Mac can remember who he is. He's Prince Namor, the Avenging Son. Papa Storm is like, holy crap, this is the Submariner. No one has heard from him since World War II. So you mean to tell me that since World War II, in all those decades, what is it, like 60 years, that the Submariner hasn't had any water at all in his face, on his body, no bath, no shower, nothing? I wonder why Papa Storm was so eager to get him out of the house. He tells Namor they need to get him cleaned up. The world is having trouble with the Atlanteans. Johnny mocks his dad for wanting to save the universe. Sue says, Everyone has a role to play, even you! And she holds that space-time-whatever-metal-ball thing of hers up to his face and opens it up, and this green light shines on Johnny, and she tells him that he's going to help save the universe. Back with Roma, she says that the Johnny Storm of that universe will help them find one-third of the ultimate nullifier. You know, I don't think they need him for that. I know where it is. Why don't they check under Galactus' sofa cushions? I bet it's there. So out in space, the real Johnny Storm and the other Nova are flying along, and Johnny gets a splitting headache. She asks if he's all right, and he says he's better than all right. He just remembered how to find part of the nullifier. And they speed away to find it. And in another alternate version of Earth... There's all kinds of chaos on the streets of New York. There's a shirtless guy on a horse with a sword fighting a giant frog who's smashing up cars. And over at the Challengers of Doom, a team consisting of Dr. Doom, the Hulk, and Reed and Sue, they've got Ben Grimm there in his human body, locked up in some kind of containment field. But this isn't the Ben Grimm of our of their universe, as Ben tries to explain... Doom thinks Ben has been brainwashed by the Russians into believing that there is a being called Galactus. You know, that's plausible. We get brainwashed all the time into believing that things exist, which really don't exist, like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, Jesus. Jesus Williams, my mom, said he came by and mowed our grass every week, but I, and I believed her, although I never saw him. How did our grass get mowed? Huh. Ben starts to bicker with Doom, but they're interrupted by a loud noise. Outside, these buildings are collapsing and killing a bunch of people. Ugh, the alternate New York City of 2001 seems like a very dangerous place. Reed says he's getting readings that something is draining the planet, and at ground, and ground zero of this alternate 2001 is in Moscow. The container holding Ben breaks, and he's about to get out and share a few words with Sue. He tells her that they can save a billion other worlds, If they can find her brother. She says that she can't trust Ben. She shouldn't trust Ben, but she does. She tells him that Johnny is in Hollywood or on location filming a movie or he could be at his New York penthouse. She asks, how is a movie star going to save a universe? I bet Tom Cruise knows the answer to that question. So Ben heads off alone. He finds the Baxter building of this world. It's not very impressive. Where Johnny's penthouse is He turns into the thing And he leaps up to the roof Inside Johnny is moping Worrying about the end of the world Ben takes that metal ball And he shines a green light on Johnny Meanwhile Back with Roma She says that the second piece of the puzzle Has been found But they have lost the world In the process And back with the real Johnny Storm He gets another headache And the information Pops into his head He tells Nova they're getting close. They just need the location of the third piece of the Ultimate Nullifier, which could be found in the third alternate universe, Johnny Storm. And in that other world, which is like a Victorian England-type world, Reed, who is stuck in the body of Doc Fantastic, a goateed version of himself, learns that the world's Johnny Storm is dead, which is going to put a huge dent in his plans. Reed notices that some newspaper clippings are conveniently placed on the wall, saying that in this universe, only Ben Grimm made that trip into space, and he was altered by cosmic rays. The world's Ben is covered in head-to-toe and cloth, so we can't see what he looks like, or what happened to him. Reed starts messing around with a flying device that the Reed of that universe was working on, and he gives him an idea for dealing with the monocle, the bad guy who killed Johnny Storm of that universe, and is draining energy from New York... with... a blimp! I know how to defeat the monocle... with a dart! Eh, maybe not. That blimp looks pretty solid. It looks like a gold-plated blimp. You know, I bet Donald Trump doesn't even have a gold-plated blimp. He's such a loser compared to the monocle. So up on the blimp... the monocle... who kind of looks like Baron Von Strucker from Captain America... he's up there with his men... when Ben... when Reed... When Reed and the other heroes come crashing through the window, the bad guys fire these weapons that wrap the heroes up in this in these bands of green energy, and the monocle gloats that he's captured all his enemies at once. But it comes as a big surprise to everyone. When Reed stretches out of the green circle of energy, even though he isn't in his real body, Reed theorizes that the body eventually adjusted to the new Reed, and thus he gained his stretchy man powers. So Reed and the others resume the fight against the monocle, And his goons. And uh, back with that world, Sue, who didn't go up to the blimp, as ordered by Reed, she's on schedule. She sends a bunch of these little flying saucer discs up to the blimp, and they attach themselves to the blimp. Reed and the others jump out of the blimp, onto their flying disc, and Reed says that he programmed the other disc to deliver the blimp to the nearest army base. And just like that, the monocle is easily defeated. Later, Reed is trying to explain to his teammates that he's a different Reed... from an an alternate reality. They probably don't have Back to the Future 2 in this reality, so they don't understand what the concept of an alternate timeline is. Reed asks Sue about Johnny, and and she says that, uh, there was a light in his eyes before he died. Reed thinks that maybe there was some kind of mind transference going on with Johnny to Sue before he passed away. What? How is that possible? It doesn't matter what universe we're in. He's still Johnny Storm, not Mr. Spock. Reed asks to scan Sue, and she agrees. He holds up that metal ball and scans her with the green energy. And back with the real Johnny Storm, the final information he needs about the ultimate nullifier pops into his head, and he tells Nova he knows where it is. So they're flying there in Galactus' ship, and they just... And Johnny burns through the nearest wall, and there it is. Right there on the other side of the wall the entire time. He takes out the nullifier, but he's immediately attacked by the alternate universe Nova, who says that Abraxas has the, has the nullifier now. She was working for Abraxas the entire time. Over with Roma, she has a massive headache. This episode should be sponsored by Tylenol. Lots of headaches in this issue. She screams out, Betrayed! And then she screams at Saturine to protect the children. A hologram of Abraxas appears in the room along with Nova and the unconscious Johnny, who she tosses to the floor. Abraxas says that it is Eternity's love for Roma that brings him to her. And he kisses her and she shrivels up and dies. Like he's got some kind of deadly form of mouth herpes. Next, he tells Nova to gather up their belongings. They're leaving this place. Everyone is leaving. And back in the real universe, Reed, Sue, and Ben appear back on the roof of the Baxter Building after their alternate dimensional adventures, just as Abraxas pops in along with Johnny, Saturnine, the kids, and several versions of Nova. He says that with the ultimate nullifier in his grasp, there isn't a soul in the entire combined universes that can stop him. And that issue ends with a panel of him repeating the phrase, "'Not a soul.'" while we see Franklin there scowling back at him. Which means, coming next issue, Franklin stops the Broxis. And that is the end of this issue, and the end of another year of Fantastic Four issues. I'll be back in the new year of 2016 with the issues of the old year of 2002. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes to find them all at www.fantasticfour.com podcast ff.podbean.com Happy New Year kids this podcast is over I want to live in a